Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Robots Radio presents. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the podcast. We are back with another special bonus episode. Bonus episode. This is going to be like our third bonus episode in three weeks, Brad. It seems like we are kind of in the middle of a bonus bonanza here. Bonus bonanza. (laughs) (laughs) This week we have a fun kind of short episode for you. We're going to be doing another bonus blind tasting from our friend Crab Cakes and Bourbon. Uh, Crab Cakes and Bourbon is one of our oldest listeners and friends on Instagram. He actually was the one that sent us our very first blind tasting that we did way back in season one. And he reached out to us and said, guys, I had so much fun doing that. I'd like to do it again. And so he has sent us four samples of whiskey that we have no idea what's inside of these samples. He was clever and cheeky enough that he made them NFL themed because he lives in Baltimore and we live in the Cleveland area. So we're big Browns fans. He is a big Baltimore Ravens fan. And so on each of the labels, uh, they are labeled Baker Mayfield, Cleveland Browns, Lamar Jackson, and Baltimore Ravens. So those are the four samples we're drinking out of today. I did make sure to ask him, you know, did he just give us absolute swill in the two Cleveland-themed ones (laughs) and two really good whiskeys in the Baltimore ones? So he's already, like, in my head. I'm a little bit psyched out about this already, Brad. Yeah, Bob, I'm really excited to get into these. Uh, Having poured them all out, I will say that the Baker Mayfield one is quite unimpressive on the nose. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, I haven't poured them all out. I'm going one at a time. Uh, But Brad, before we get into these, I do want to say this is our third bonus episode in a row, and we've been getting some really great feedback on our prior bonus episodes. We had a ton of downloads on our How to Cocktail Old Fashioned episode, which was really, really fun to do. And then actually last week, we had a bonus bonus episode, an unplanned bonus uh, for the movie Hamilton. And we actually have a listener call to play from our Hamilton episode. So let's give it a listen. Hey, guys. Love the episode on Hamilton. In fact, you changed my mind on it. Uh, When I watched it myself, uh, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting more of a live action movie that like like a Les Mis but you know what I got was just them recording a a play which is which is great and they did it in a great way it's the best like you mentioned it's the best on stage recording of a performance that I've ever seen but I still was in that mindset of being disappointed because it wasn't that and I think that's what kind of left me disappointed with the whole thing I think it was well-made, well-rehearsed, well-performed. And uh, I, not, although it's not my favorite music, I enjoyed the music, and I love the history behind it. So anyway, great episode, guys. Cheers. All right, so Brad, let's go ahead and get into these samples today. What order do you want to do these in? No, Bob, let's uh, go by quarterbacks and then by team. We'll, we'll start with Lamar, go to Baker, and then head on over to the Ravens and the Browns. Sounds good to me. All right, let's try this Lamar Jackson. I have it poured out in front of me here, and I got to say, the color on this thing is is really dark. I have a feeling this is aged. This has been aged for quite a while, Brad. Yeah, it, it looks just this beautiful, deep, dark, kind of caramely color. I'm, I'm really excited to get into it. On the nose, you get a lot of oak, 
You know, it's it smells almost exactly like one that we've had before, and this that's why it's throwing me off. I can't think of exactly what it is. Like, it definitely has some alcohol in the nose, so it's leading me to think right off the bat that this is probably at least 100 proof. It kind of smells a little bit like a Weller Antique to me, but it looks quite a bit darker than a Weller Antique. I don't know, Brad, what are you picking up on the nose? Honestly, I'm getting a few, like, cherry notes, um, but it's mixed with this kind of burnt oak type of smell. It's definitely got some movement going on. I I feel like it might be something charred or it's very woody to me with a with few light fruity notes on it. Yeah, this definitely has more of like an Elijah Craig type of a nose to me. Like you said, Brad, it definitely has a lot of that oak char on the nose and then just kind of some basic classic whiskey notes to go along with it. It's not a super complex nose. I am excited to try it, but if I was scoring it just on the nose alone, I'd probably only give it like a like a six, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. It's a decent nose. It's intriguing. I'm going to give it a six and a half. Well, Brad, what do you say we give it a sip? Ooh, Bob, I'm already a, a little bit ahead of you. Uh, this is a tasty whiskey. I'm going to put my thoughts out there first. I think this is a rye. It's got kind of some of those nice spicy notes mm. on it. Um, the, there's the char, but you don't really get the char till the finish. Um, as it kind of finishes on my palate, I'm noticing lots of that oakiness that comes mm. out, but I'm left with a little bit of that sweetness, a little bit of cherry to it. I, this is a really intriguing whiskey. I disagree. I don't think this is a rye, Brad, uh, but it definitely does have that great cherry flavor you're talking about. Lots of oak, lots of char. There's definitely alcohol present here. I think it's over 100 proof. I wouldn't be surprised if this was actually over 110 proof. There's quite a bit of a Kentucky hug going down for me. And Brad, I just can't shake this feeling that this is a really familiar tasting whiskey. It might be like an Elijah Craig barrel proof. I really, really like it. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to find out it's something like a Michter's even, which we haven't actually reviewed on the podcast. But my like, I just feel like I remember tasting something very similar to this. I love the taste on this. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 on the taste. Yeah, Bob, I, I am really enjoying the taste on this. It's it's a little bit charred, a little bit oaky, but it's also got some nice, pleasant, fruity notes. Um, but it's kind of in that mid-range that I'm getting a lot of spice. I'm going to stick to my guns. I do think this is a rye, and I'm going to give it about a seven and a half on the taste. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb, Brad. I'm going to say that this is this is uh, Stag Jr. Have you ever had Stag before? I have not. It has this really distinct burn and just like hot, peppery burn punch to it. I I don't know if that's what this is, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's what I think this is. Uh, on the finish, like I said, Kentucky hug, mouth-watering finish, pretty long-lasting finish. I'm going to go ahead and give it an eight and a half on the finish. Yeah, the finish on this is really where I think it shines. Not only do you get that nice Kentucky hug... But you're also left with some beautiful fruity notes that just kind of linger on your palate. I would say that the finish is the best part of this whiskey. I'm going to give it an eight. And that brings us to overall balance. That's nose, taste, and finish put together. Again, I think the nose was the weakest part of this. Um, the taste and the finish are both sweeter than the nose would suggest. So I guess overall, I'd split the difference between the six that I gave it on the nose and the sort of eight and a half range that I gave it on the taste and finish. I'll give this a seven and a half on uh, balance. Yeah, Bob, I think this is a really well-balanced whiskey that gets stronger as you go along. I'm going to give it an 8 on balance overall, which leads me to the overall final score. Out of 40, I have given this a 30. Uh, so this is like 75%. This is a solid whiskey that I, I would drink on my own at any point. 
Absolutely. I also came out to a 30. So, Brad, we're in a pretty good spot on this, which means it's time for us to reveal what is inside Lamar Jackson. <laughs> is, is this a sports pod, like a sports science podcast? <laughs> All right. So I have I have the results here. Brad, do you also have results? I do have results. OK, well, do you want to announce the first one? Or do you want me to? Robert, I would love to announce the first one because I was incredibly right. This is a rye whiskey. Is it really? This is a Parker's Heritage aged eight year heavily charred rye whiskey. Wow. I really like this, Brad. And you know what? Your palate for picking up rye has always been better than me. I I can never tell if it's a high rye bourbon or an actual rye. It doesn't have those characteristic rye notes on the nose. And it has the spice on the taste, but because it's heavily charred, I think it brought out a lot of those kind of bourbony characteristics. So, hey, man, congratulations on picking this one correctly. It really does have that high proof bourbon kind of a taste to it. I really, really like this Parker's Heritage. Yeah, the, I think the the thing that kind of tipped me off a little bit was just my gut. I <laughs> I don't know, man. There's just something about it where I was like, I think this is a rye, but you're right. There are a lot of high rye bourbons out there that might have, you know, 15, 20% rye that can lead you down this same direction. This was a very sweet version of a rye. And honestly, Bob, this makes me think about the rye we had last week for the bonus episode, the resilient rye, that that was a six-year-old rye. And we said that we don't normally taste Mm -hmm. aged ryes. And the more that I think about it, the more that this reminds me of that. And the more I am convinced that longer, uh, an older age statement on rise is probably a very good thing. Definitely. Well, that means it is time for us to get to our next in the quarterback lineup here. And we're going to try Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. All right. So we're moving on to our second whiskey in the flight. Uh, This one is known as the Baker Mayfield of whiskeys. Bob, on the nose, I am picking up the most grains I have ever smelt on a whiskey. Yeah. It is overpoweringly. I, I don't even know which grain to choose. Is it weedy? Does it taste smell kind of like barley? I, I can't place it. Can you? Yeah, this. Well, it smells really young. Like I, I would bet as much as I could on this, Brad, on the fact that this is probably only like a two year whiskey. And it smells a lot. It's either a a really young rye or it's a wheat whiskey. It just has that really grainy. I don't think this is a bourbon. Like, it's definitely uh, a mash bill that's at least 50% of one of those other grains. And it actually, like, it kind of has a cloudy appearance in my glass a little bit, too, which is is a little sketch to me. (laughs) I don't know. This one definitely doesn't smell as pleasant, as well-rounded, as matured as the Parker's Heritage did. I don't really know if I'm actually enjoying this nose, Brad. Are you? You know, Bob, it's interesting, but I'm going to have to say no. This is not a nose I'm enjoying very much. Um, I'm probably only going to give this about a three out of ten on the nose. Yeah, I'll be I'll be generous and give it a five then. So we come out to a four. I really do think this is either a really young rye or a wheat whiskey. Uh, But let's give it a taste and see if we can pick anything else out, Brad. Wow. Okay. So on the front of my palate, really smooth, really creamy vanilla. And then I went to swallow and it's like, Brad, it's like eating grass. I mean, it's like the most bitter, grassy flavor. Kind of sour. Almost a little bit of a black coffee after it's, after I've swallowed for about 15 seconds on the finish, but like a really, really dark, 
Like if you've ever eaten a chocolate covered espresso bean, that really kind of gritty espresso flavor, but mixed with just raw grain, uh, the finish is really going to suffer for me. The taste is kind of split because again, on the front, it's nice. On the back, it's, it's really, really harsh. Uh, I think I'll give this a three and a half on the taste. Bob, I'm right there with you. I'm going to give it a three and a half on the taste. There's not really much of anything I like here. It's a little bit sweet, um, but honestly, the alcohol burn is a little more than I would expect. Uh, it tastes young, <laughs> just really, really young. I am not a big fan of this. Um, and then you kind of get to the finish, and the finish it just kind of burns, and it leaves you feeling like, like you said, Bob, like you just ate some grass. Um, I personally don't enjoy feeling like a cow chewing on some cud, so I'm going to give it a three on the finish as well. So I know I said that I thought the finish would really suffer. I do think that the length of the finish is really nice, and the longer it develops on your palate after you swallow, the more you get these really, really great espresso notes, Um, but you have to fight through this really strong kind of grassy, grainy taste to get there. It's just, it's really harsh, Brad, and part of that's the taste, part of that's the finish, I do think ultimately I'm going to score the finish just a little bit higher than I thought at first, and I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10. But still, we are we are not going to be really high on this one, I don't think. Yeah, Bob, this uh, brings us to the balance, and I'm just kind of stuck in that quandary of like, it's pretty well balanced for the fact that it was bad all around, but uh, I, I can't give it a very high score. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10 on balance. You know, I, I think that the the nose is so heavily grain oriented that it just completely throws off your preparedness for any other kind of flavor you're going to get. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go about a three and a half on balance, Brad. I, I do think that the nose actually thought made me think that it was going to be a much softer uh, whiskey experience than it ended up being. And it wasn't just that it was harsh, but it's that it had those those really sort of herbaceous notes to it that I was not expecting at all based on the nose from the the very front to the back. Um, it's a completely different whiskey. And so I don't think it's well balanced. I'm going to give it a three and a half out of 10, which means that I am coming out to a 16 out of 40. Uh, this is not one that is going to rank very highly. I don't think Brad. Yeah, I'm at a 13 and a half out of 40. Th- this isn't very good, but I am kind of curious to see what we have here. Bob, do you want to reveal what whiskey we've been drinking? I sure will, Brad. Do you have any final guesses as I open the envelope? Uh, you know, Bob, I, I still think it might be a bourbon, um, but whatever grains they're using, I I don't know, man. I, I really can't say. Yeah. Well, let's take a look. Ah, <laughs> Oh man! All right, so this is this is a bourbon, Brad. Ah, this is a bourbon from an, a local Ohio distillery that I actually visited about a year ago, called Ooh. Red Eagle Distillery. Uh, I had done an interview with their founder, and uh, the audio ended up not being usable, so we never released it as an episode. But he gave me a couple bottles, and I decided to do a giveaway with them, just to try to generate some some exposure for this distillery. And Crab Cakes and Bourbon <laughs> actually won that bottle. I had never even tried the whiskey before. Uh, so this is uh, this is Red Eagle Ohio Bourbon. And I just want to say to Crab Cakes and Bourbon, I apologize on behalf of the state of Ohio. 
Yeah, uh, there is good whiskey here. I promise that we make it. And again, look, Red Eagle was a fantastic place to visit. They have an inc- like a really cool space. Uh, it's it's winery slash distillery. Uh, I just think that they should definitely try to focus on maybe aging their product a little bit more because this didn't even taste like a bourbon to me. Yeah, Bob, th- this comes in at about a 90 proof. Yeah, I- I'm not seeing an aged statement, but I'm guessing it's a two-year um, Red Eagle, we love you. Uh, work on the work on the age a little bit, you know. It's, it's okay. <laughs> We've come a long way as a podcast. You guys are going to come a long way as a distillery. Absolutely. Uh, um, but yeah, crab cakes. Thank you for sending that on back to us. I- I'm glad that we got to try it with you. <laughs> we des- we deserved that. <laughs> All right, Brad. That means that it is time for us to get into the samples named after teams. We have the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. Let's say we do this Ravens one first. What do you say? Let's get to it. Hey, everybody, it's Bob again. I just want to tell you really quickly about Loot Crate. We have been running a promotion with Loot Crate for the last few weeks. I hope that you guys have checked them out. They are a subscription service that has themed boxes that you can receive each month, and they are themed around super cool, nerdy stuff. So if you're like me, you want to check out the Marvel box that they have. But maybe that's not your thing. Maybe you're more into Fallout or video games or even board games. They have things that are themed specifically to your nerdy interests. And if you go to our show notes, you will see that we have a Loot Crate link that you can click. You have to click our link and input the code ROBOTSRADIO at checkout, but that will earn you 15% off your total purchase. So remember, click the link in our show notes, enter the code ROBOTSRADIO for your 15% off at Loot Crate. All right, so we have poured out the Baltimore Ravens sample. Brad, I think it's ironic that we are drinking this in the midst of the coronavirus where we may not end up having NFL football at all. Yeah, you shut your damn mouth, Bob. We're going to have football. (laughs) I don't think we are, dude. But it's nice to be drinking something out of this Baltimore Ravens sample because, Brad, this is just the sweetest smelling bourbon. I mean, it has it's caramel, but then it's more than caramel. It's like butterscotch, too. It's just like this decadently rich. You know, it, it almost tips into that like banana type scent to it because it is so, so sugary on the nose. Yeah, it's almost like like a creme brulee. There's yep. just a beautiful buttery. It's it's a big nose. I, like I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but it's big. It's bold. It, it's really really beautiful, Bob. I'm gonna give it an eight and a half on the nose. Yeah, Brad, I think I'm gonna be right there with you. I mean, I think I'm actually tempted to give it a nine because it's it's just everything I love in the nose of a whiskey. It's everything sweet. A little bit of tingle from the alcohol, just a little bit of baking spice. The only reason I think I will give it an eight and a half is that it's just not a very complex nose. It's just sweet and you know what you're in for. Um, I'm not getting a ton of alcohol on this. Are you, Brad? Um, it, It's not an alcohol forward nose, but I'm going to guess that it's a little bit higher proof. Mm. Uh, it, it's not obvious, 
but there is a depth. And as I look at the legs on this, I was just going to say the legs are like it, really long lasting on this. It seems like it's got a nice bit of viscosity to it, which makes me think that it is a well aged, higher proof whiskey. All right. So we've both given it an eight and a half on the nose. Brad, let's give this thing a sip. Oh, wow, Bob. That is so buttery smooth. This is an impressive whiskey. There, Everything that we looked for on the nose, we got on the taste. I mean, all of that butter, all of that cream. Um, it's smooth. It's not overwhelming. I, I honestly might pull back a little bit on my proof statement. I'm thinking maybe it's in the 98 to 102 stage. Like, it, it, it's not that powerful when it comes to pushing through on a Kentucky hug, but man, oh man, this is beautiful. I will say that I'm trying this out of two separate glasses, Brad, so I can try to get the most out of every component that we're doing here. I really do think this thing might be higher proof than you're letting on. Um, it The legs are long lasting, like you said, and then especially on the very back end of the taste, it lets itself be known that there's some alcohol there. It's really sweet on the tip of your tongue, but then it really introduces some of those more charred oak flavors pretty much immediately. The flavor is much less sweet than the nose was. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, uh, but I think it it probably has to do with the fact that this is a pretty significantly aged bourbon. Like I would say this is probably in the six to nine year range. And I think it is high proof, Brad. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that this is actually one of those high proof whiskeys that doesn't punch you, but um, still makes itself known a little bit as you continue to sip it. Yeah, Bob, before we get into finish, I, I think I need to give my score. I'm going to give this an eight on the taste. It's just pleasant. It's sippable. It's smooth. This is a spectacular whiskey. I like we, we don't even need to get into finish and, and balance to know that this is a great whiskey. Brad, I'm going to give this a seven and a half on the taste. I like it a lot, but I don't think that it kind of naturally flowed from the nose as well as I would have liked. They're both very good, the nose and the taste by themselves. I think the taste is a little bit of a victim of what I was expecting from the nose. So it's just a seven and a half for me. On the finish, I will say I don't think this leaves much of a flavor on the tongue, like after you swallow. But it definitely uh, makes itself known going down. This this has a Kentucky hug. You get a ton of alcohol tingle and burn before you swallow, which leads me to believe it probably is a little more high proof. I don't know, Brad, if you're if you're. Uh, encountering any more of that as you continue to sip this, or if you're going to stick at that sort of 90 to 99 proof range. But I don't know if the finish is where this one really shines. Yeah, the finish is just okay. From the first two parts, you get lots of big, bold flavors, and they all kind of dissipate a little bit on the back end, which I I think I'm going to stick at 100. I I think this might be a bottled and bond. It's right around 100 proof. Um, But yeah, this is, it's an impressive whiskey all around. The finish struggles a little bit. I'm going to give it a seven on the finish. Yeah, Brad, I think I'll give it the same. And the more I sip this, the more it's starting to remind me in the glass of the nosing profile of Jack Daniels when we had it last at the end of last season. And it's starting to remind me in the flavor profile of the Jack Daniels single barrel select that we had from our friend, the Urban Bourbonist. And I don't know if this is a Tennessee whiskey, um, but it is reminding me quite a bit of that whole nosing and flavor profile, which brings us to overall balance. I do think this is a pretty well-balanced whiskey. Um, the nose definitely let on a little bit more than you actually got on the taste and finish in terms of how sweet it would be. 
But I think that's why I am going to venture to guess this is a little higher proof because it seems like the alcohol is kind of overwhelming the sweetness a little bit to me. Uh, I, I think it's well balanced. I'm going to go ahead and give it a seven on overall balance. Bob, I, we're, we're in the same place today. I, I'm going to give it a seven and a half on balance. It's a well-balanced whiskey. It brings something to the table at every point of the experience. Um, it's an impressive whiskey. And I am coming out to a 31 out of 40 for my total score. I'm coming out to a 30. So I'm right where I was with that Parker's Heritage. Uh, but we are now one point over that in terms of where we're ranking these. So this is our highest ranked so far, which makes me anxious to find out what this is. So Brad... Why don't you rip open that envelope and let us know what is in the Baltimore Ravens sample? Let's do it. Bob, we are drinking an Old Carter bourbon. Oh, nice. It looks like oh, we were right in the ballpark. It's 106 proof. Bob, looking this whiskey up online, it looks like it is a blended whiskey um, of all of the same recipe, but some of them are 12-year up to 15-year whiskey. So this is a highly aged whiskey that has lots of complexity and depth. I, you know, I'm not sure what this retails for, but you can tell that this is a beautiful whiskey that Crab Cakes and Bourbon has sent us. Yeah, Crab Cakes is really pulling down the top shelf stuff. Old Carter is a premier brand. Uh, I have to believe this retailed for at least $200. So first of all, Crab Cakes and Bourbon, thank you so much for sending us such incredible whiskey. Between the Parker's Heritage and this, uh, you didn't you did not mess around with what you sent us. And we still have one more to go. Brad, I really, really liked this bourbon. For me, it's really neck and neck with that rye as to which one is the better one. But we still have one more that could come back and be a dark horse. In true Cleveland Browns fashion, <laughs> it could play spoiler to everybody else. So what do you say we get into trying this Cleveland Browns sample? The the truest of Cleveland Browns fashion would be to make it a game and then give the game away in the most ridiculous, insane fashion that no one has ever seen before in the NFL. Well, let's see. Let's see what <laughs> destiny has in store for our Browns. I'm not a bitter Browns fan or anything. No. <laughs> Well, Bob, we are getting into this Cleveland Browns whiskey. Uh, speaking of which, how cool would it be if the Cleveland Browns actually had their own whiskey? That would be awesome. It would taste like sadness and defeat. Mm, yes, that is the fuel for any Cleveland Browns fan's soul. But uh, the fuel for this man's soul is whiskey. And Bob, I have to tell you, this is a delicious smelling whiskey. This definitely is the most classically bourbon smelling one that we've had so far, I think, Brad. Uh, it has those really dark, rich brown sugar, vanilla and caramel notes. It also has quite a bit of spice on this. And I couldn't tell at first if it was just alcohol, but I don't think it is. I think it's a peppery spice that this has going on in the nose as well. Yeah, there is a little bit of pepper going on here, but it complements those vanilla-y, caramely you know, notes so, so well. Um, I think this is a really beautiful nose. It, it's not especially impressive in any specific way, though. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Yeah, Brad, I think I'll give it an eight out of ten. You're right. It, it really isn't blowing me away in any particular area. But I have this sneaking suspicion because some, some of the ones we've tried today have had a really great nose and not been quite as good on the taste. I'm wondering if it might be the opposite this time, that it just kind of presents a standard nose and might actually blow us away on the, on the taste. So I'm going to give it an eight. It's really, really solid. Let's take a sip. All right, that's not bad. 
Um, it, it had some really great butterscotchy notes to it, and it doesn't taste like a scotch, and I keep saying butterscotch, but it had this really creamy sort of, it wasn't caramel, I think for me it was butterscotch on the front, but then as you go to swallow, it gets pretty bitter. I don't know if you experienced that, Brad, but for me it was really just kind of, um, it was herbs and it was oak, and there wasn't really much else going on there. I think that pepper note was present pretty much throughout. I don't think this is very high proof, I don't know about you, but... Um, the mouthfeel, it was a pretty thin whiskey. Uh, so I'd be interested to see what you have to say about the taste. Yeah, Bob, it, it's a little bit of kind of like a, like if they covered toffee with dark chocolate instead of like milk chocolate. Hmm. Um, it, it's kind of a, it's kind of got that little bit of bitterness from a dark chocolate, but you still have that nice toffee taste to it. As I finish, you definitely get some charred oak flavor. Um, it definitely has a little bit of that bitterness. I, I think your use of the word herb was perfect. It's an interesting flavor. Not bad in any way, but it's not, I don't know, it's not standing out to me. I, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 on flavor. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 6.5. I think it does have some rye in the mash bill because I, I keep breathing out this really kind of rye-heavy flavor to it. I don't know if you're picking up on rye at all, Brad, or if I'm, maybe my barometer for picking up rye is just completely wonky. Yeah, Bob, it very well could be. I, I'm not noticing much rye in this. Um, it, it's not popping out to me in any way, but I, who knows? I could be wrong. This very well could be a rye whiskey. I don't think it's a rye whiskey. I just thought that, you know, maybe I was picking up some in the mash bill somewhere. But again, we have already proven that I don't know what a rye tastes like. So there we go. Uh, on the finish, Brad, I definitely think this like this makes you feel warm going going down but it doesn't have a super harsh alcohol burn to it, which is still making me think like maybe this is in the 90 to 100 proof, but I don't think it's any higher than that. I would be surprised to find out that it's any higher than that. It doesn't really leave much of a flavor on the palate after you swallow. It's a pretty quick finish. So in almost every category, I think this is kind of just a standard average finish. I'm going to just go ahead and give it a five on the finish, Brad. Uh, I'm going to give it a six on the finish. I, I think it finishes well. It leaves a nice, pleasant flavor that dissipates somewhat quickly, um, which sometimes is a nice thing. You get to move on to the next sip. And as far as total balance goes, th this is a pretty well-balanced whiskey. Nothing really stands out in a positive or negative way. Yeah, Bob, it's a standard, you know, American bourbon whiskey. I'm going to go ahead and give it a seven on the on balance. Yeah, I'll give it a seven as well, Brad. I do think that Crab Cakes probably has something up his sleeve, and I'd be I'd be really bummed if we opened this up and it was like Pappy Van Winkle twenty three, and that's what this this is what it actually tastes <laughs> like. But you know, I wouldn't put it past him to like sneak a B tack in here or something. So, what did you give this overall out of forty, Brad? I'm coming out to a twenty seven and a half. Yeah, I'm at a twenty six and a half, so that actually puts us out at an average of a twenty seven out of forty, which I think is actually a pretty good estimate for where this should be. It's good, but it doesn't quite hit the highs of those other two that we had today. But I am anxious to see what we're sipping on. So, Brad, if you don't mind me doing the honors, let's find out what's in this Cleveland Browns bottle. Have at it. Ah, oh, all right. Wow. So this is actually, Brad, this is Michter's 10-year single barrel bourbon. This is a highly sought-after bourbon. I'm really surprised at the flavor on this. I thought this was going to be, looking at the Michter's bottle, I would have thought that this would be a, a much more toasty kind of dark flavor experience, maybe more of those sort of caramel and butterscotch notes than we ultimately got. 
Brad, have you ever had anything from the Michter's line? I have not had any Michter's before in my life. I'm not sure how much this values at dollar-wise, but overall, it's a solid whiskey. I, I was intrigued by it, and it would it would cause me to want to try some of their other their other offerings. So, Brad, I know I know this is going to blow your mind, but online it's actually retailing for anywhere between one hundred and fifteen and three hundred and fifty dollars. This is, oh, like I said, a man. very highly sought after bourbon. I actually really like the Michter's line. Uh, their toasted barrel stuff is fantastic, um, and I think maybe I'm I'm bringing my bias for that toasted barrel stuff into this a little bit. I was not as impressed with this as I was with the other two high-end whiskeys that we had today. And I'm kind of shocked to see, you know, as we open the envelope, what Michter's 10-year actually tasted like. And I think that's kind of the beauty of doing a blind tasting, right? We're not swayed by the labeling. We're not swayed by how much somebody may or may not have paid for this. Brad, breaking down all the ones that we've had today, I think for me, I would put that Parker's Heritage at the top, that rye that we had. In second place, I'd put the old Carter. I would have this Michter's in third, and then kind of a very distant fourth would be that Red Eagle that we tried. But I yeah, I want to hear your ranking, Brad, but I also want to hear, now that we know the prices on some of these, because that Parker's Heritage retails for like $300 as well, do you think that they're worth it on a value spectrum? Man, that that's such a hard question, Bob, because it's such a unique experience. I really do think that that rye was was a phenomenal whiskey. Um, it was it was really impressive all around in all of the scores. I don't think I would give it a very high value score though. I'd probably give it a two or three out of ten because three hundred dollars for ninety percent of Americans, a three hundred dollar bottle of whiskey needs to be change your life whiskey. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean like. Not many people in America are chasing a BTAC or chasing a Pappy Van Winkle. And so $300 is about the max that you would ever see somebody spend on something. You know, the average sort of consumer, I would say. And I agree with you, Brad, especially like the old Carter that retails for a pretty penny. It's probably like $250 at least. I don't think I would give that a very high value score at all. I do think that that Parker's Heritage Rye was one of the most unique ryes I've ever had. And so... I have a little bit more, I think, grace there than I do with these other two. But for, so let me say this. First of all, we're so grateful to Crab Cakes and Bourbon for sending these to us because we probably never would have tried these otherwise. They're so hard to get your hands on. They're so expensive. I'm incredibly grateful we got to try these. But I think part of what we do on this podcast is we want to give the average consumer an idea of what they're paying for and if it's worth it. And of those three high-end whiskeys, I think the only one that I would say is even remotely worth it would be that Parker's Heritage Rye. Yeah, Bob, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, my favorite of the four was that that rye that we had. It, it was really, really beautiful. Um, it's man, it, it's a beautiful thing that we are friends with crab cakes and bourbon. I guess I guess that's all all I have to say about that. Well, once again, we want to say thank you guys for listening to this. I know it's really, it has to be weird, Brad, being a listener to a podcast and just listening to people drink things that they don't even know what they are. So for those of you who have stuck with us this far, thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you, Crab Cakes and Bourbon, for this wonderful flight. Once again, we want to remind you that Ohio makes better whiskeys than this. But <laughs> all that aside, we want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We will be back on Monday with another regularly scheduled episode. But until then, I'm Bob Book. I'm Brad G. And we'll see you next time.